Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It's come to the biggest year in like film history, right? It doesn't get bigger than this. This Some, is the biggest. Yeah, it's crazy to think 30 years ago, it's wild. this year, we got all the best movies. Every best movie. Yeah. It was incredible. Including I'm Eric. this one. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast. And today we're going to Jurassic Park. Dude, I'm so hyped. <laughs> <laughs> They're so... When you really boil down everything I want to see in a movie, like mm-hmm. there are a few that are bigger than Jurassic Park for me, man. This yeah, is an important to agree. movie for me. This is a benchmark, right? Yeah. Not only because we're of that age, but I think anybody who watches this movie, even today, just watch it again 30 years later. When I am really like looking up. hard in the mirror, and I know I've like really not done much with my privilege, mm-hmm. I really think about things just like, I was 12 years old in 1993, when every perfect movie for a 12 year old white kid was coming out there was like four movies about 12 year old kids like owning fucking baseball teams oh yeah (laughs) that was that era they were catering to so many specific kid little league fetishes yeah just like this kid plays for the cubs right and it's like this one owns the twins hey uh this kid broke his arm but now he's a major league player yeah right pretty cool but then they made the one that's like hey you don't play the sports but what if you ran the team (laughs) like they're catering to every potential twi- this one has angels in it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. also want to have like the t- the summer of your lives with all of your best 12 year old friends just like hitting balls and like fucking up dogs mm-hmm. check out the sand like oh my god every movie was made exactly Crazy. for me my buddy carlos was renting fucking carlito's way mm-hmm. it's like what is happening to my 1993 <laughs> right my dad let me see Falling Down. It's like Ooh. my first R-rated movie. Oh, my God. That's 93 so is every single movie was just like, this is the best. I'm seeing The Fugitive. Oh, yeah. God, we got to do a Fugitive <laughs> Right? How are we not talking Fugitive right now? That's the right same now? year as Jurassic Park? Yeah, dude. All of this shit. It was oh all happening. Because that, yeah, that's a benchmark, too. Every kind of dumb movie I wanted to see. Like, you know that two months apart were Hot Shots Part Due? And Loaded Weapon. They were like, hey, you want the dumbest shit comedies coming out? You got it, buddy. You could see this at the theater across the street from your dad's office. That's mm-hmm. what you can do all summer. Uh, Every movie felt like it was just for me. It, well, it was. that that You were the market audience. The, the white 12-year-old boy going to the theaters every weekend. Like, we were that market audience. And now I feel like we're just we're about to get eclipsed out of <laughs> we're done 30 years late, later you know we're both now in our 40s and it's just like we're waving by we're going okay it's in the rear view man we were just talking about like the insidious movies and that whole generation after us of of their important movies insidious is and so important i wonder to... what a 26 year old thinks of jurassic park like truthfully like they didn't see it at that time maybe or they uh you know they didn't have it because the to me 
Um, I never got to see it in the theater. I was ten, and, ten. and you know my parents sheltered you, me from yeah, these you PG were on the thirteen cusp movies. Of that stuff. But the experience then of like a year or two later, when my mom brings home the rental tape, and it was oh, one man. of those places where you had to get it behind the counter, so it's a blank tape, <laughs> and opening it up and yeah. seeing the Jurassic Park logo on the VHS. <laughs> Me and my brother lost our shit. <laughs> yeah, we were like, all right. yes, yes. Finally, it's happening. And then we watched it. We're like, it showed the T-Rex eat a dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just showed it. Everything. Everything you wanted it to be. It's a, It's scary. It is got the kids in it that you identify with as a kid. It's got the adults in it you identify with as an adult. Yeah. It works on all those levels. Everybody is great. Yeah. This is oh, a great. perfect movie, man. This is yeah. everything I would have hoped would be in a movie when I was that age. It was the best. I mean, 1993, it was so important. But it's, like, still the best, though. It still is, right? That's what's crazy. Watching it again now, it's like, this thing doesn't miss a beat. No, It man. doesn't lose a step. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem dated. The CGI is still amazing. And that's, you know, pretty, I'm not saying anything that no one else has said, but this is a good-looking, good-sounding scary Spielberg movie. This is, man, his name was said the first time. We are so in love with, man, I'm the biggest unabashed Spielberg fan. I can't now. believe we haven't done more, honestly. We say that every, we do, we've now done like several Spielberg yeah. movies and he's so great that we know we were just like, oh, we'd do any 50 mm-hmm. Spielberg movies. Steve is the best. <laughs> he's he's the best, good. right? He's gonna make him movies. He is the best. Yeah. I'm watching, I'd watch any, I'd watch fucking Catch Me If You Can. Drew it. Oh, that's a fun movie. Right? I like that movie. Any Steve. And I rented Amistad <laughs> when I was like 14. Amistad's like, coming up. Spielberg. Coming up, man. And that opening scene on the ship, that's intense. It's good stuff. Anyways. So I just saw Jurassic Park for the first time in a theater since I was 12 years old, right? They, showed out, they threw it out there in 3D, mm-hmm. just like they did Jaws last year. They're doing all the Spielbergs in 3D. They look incredible. Yep. And this movie, man, it took me right back. It took me, I was even more impressed now. I was giddy with excitement when I was 12. I remember when this came out, it was so such a big moment, and I was literally grounded. Oh, And they course. would not... It was So it was like my itchy and scratchy Absolutely. movie where they didn't see it. I swear to you, you could not write more of a movie that, that me would have wanted to see, and they made me wait like six weeks. Oh. That thing played three four months sure i played forever but just knowing every one of my everyone friends else had was seen it like it, a dozen times by then i remember i was at a birthday party a pool party mm. 12 years old every kid there was talking <laughs> about this movie and it was the only thing i wanted to see and they knew it they knew it the next year they did the they same shit fast. with pulp fiction when there was the only thing in the world 13 year old we want to see and they knew it it's like they knew the bad kid me, it right? sounds like Oh man, they knew when to hold that carrot. Stop misbehaving in the summer. So it was the same. I was a a bad kid. I was a smart mouth. I uh, I got room time, you know, man. And uh, but no, 1993 was so big. I saw my first uh, double feature when those were like a real thing Mm. in Reno. My parents dropped me off at a theater in Reno when I was 12. That's what 93 was about. Exactly. They dropped me off to see uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer and, uh, like, Men in Tights. Mm, mm-hmm. They dropped their 12-year-old off 
for like five hours. Oh, and they were happy to do it. Yeah. It was a triple feature. There was Meteor Man after that. But they showed up. Like, <laughs> no. I didn't get to get, uh, oh, I got 20 minutes into Townsend's classic Meteor, Meteor Man. Man. Just at some Reno theater. Unaccounted for. No accountability. Is that a feature or is that just you staying in the theater all day? No, it's it was like it build was, yeah. in the newspaper that the Reno Gazette is a triple Bring your kids. Feature. Leave your kids here. Bring your kids to the bargain cinema well, you on gamble. the edge of Reno. What? <laughs> the edge. I could have been trafficked watching Meteor Man. Oh. My parents are just like, we're hitting up Circus Circus. Yeah. Hitting up the legacy. But 19... 19- I was getting into like swing dancing and going to Hitler <laughs> Youth events. And then Swing Kids comes out. <laughs> it's like they knew their audience. They, that, yeah, they had the zeitgeist. Yeah, Finger right? on the pulse. Finger right on the pulse, right? <laughs> they knew what the American kids were into. And is, I can't believe all those movies came out in 93. <laughs> all those movies came out like four weeks apart. Jesus. I'm sure. I'm seeing Cliffhanger, and it's just like uh. everything is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> everything is the best. That's good. I was playing Link to the Past and watching Cliffhanger like there was no fucking tomorrow, man. I had no idea, right? It was the best. Yeah, how would we know? You, you knew it, uh, or you didn't know at the time that, yeah, you were peaking. Oh, man. <laughs> it wouldn't get better than the summer of 1993. It was like my own standby me, but it was just me wearing shorts and playing video games. I didn't find a dead body. I just saw movies in air conditioning, right? Yeah. Like, and snuck in red vines in my pants. But that, yeah, that ordeal of having to wait six weeks for Jurassic Park does seem like something that would be a Netflix movie now. Dude, six weeks to a 12-year-old who just wants to see the the movie every person says glowing things about. Mm-hmm. We're not original in any way to think Jurassic Park's a masterpiece. This is a consistently highly acclaimed picture from every kind of critic, right? Yeah. This is the award-winning definition of a blockbuster. This is a billion-dollar movie. Spawned a franchise that continues today. Yeah. The people spoke. Yeah. Jurassic Park (laughs) was... They said, we want dinosaurs. Every dinosaur movie before this has been almost, at best, like, amusing. God, it's hard to think of... It's hard... It's it's almost like, yeah, we've... B.C., A.D. kind of stuff, like... Were right. there dinosaur it, movies before? It was this? all, or was it just King stuff. Kong? It was shit. all like Journey to a Prehistoric yeah. Planet, right? right? Or just a T Rex showing up in the Charles Grodin King Kong, mm-hmm. you know? But it was all puppets, and it was all it was never a fucking real T Rex to a twelve year old, right? Suddenly, a movie that had never had a good movie in the genre had a movie so great that. We're never allowing another dinosaur movie that's not part of the Jurassic franchise. Mm -hmm. Anyone else tries that shit? 10,000 BC? Yeah. You're going nowhere. We are never getting another dinosaur movie (laughs) because Steven Spielberg just decided to make the perfect dinosaur movie. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, he did it. Only he can do this now. He did. And this just... This movie is the best to a 42-year-old, too. This is... A tight film mm-hmm. with an amazing pace, and I'm seeing it, you know, again. So I probably haven't even watched it in like ten years, right? But so I'm seeing it with these new eyes and uh, in 3D, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, 
I was reminded that the first 40 minutes of this movie is like an Aaron Sorkin script. <laughs> it's so much explaining. <laughs> so much explaining in this movie. I know. You get this opening, like, classic, almost classic universal, like, monster movie opening with the thing in the cage, which I always forget about. Right. Like, the very opening thing of, of like, moving the crate team, step back, <laughs> opening the crate team, step forward. Well, you know, the that. movie opening one minute in with a guy's prolonged <laughs> death by, like, bite. Just, just a guy screaming at, like his guts out for a minute straight, one minute into the movie. Yeah, but then I after forgot that, that, yeah, then after that, it's just all this peaceful, yeah, building of the. But the way they introduce and let you know this plot is just so like the people, yeah, just walking like he's gonna shut it down if we don't get the approval from the scientists. It is and a then, constant <laughs> walking and talking, relentlessly like written screenplay yeah. for the first 40 minutes where it is just constant chatter and banter and explaining and pausing and like going like so they don't stop and i still don't know if alan grant and ellie sadler are a couple or not step up S- still grant. can't figure it out step it up <laughs> i was so never more this, shocked this time watching it i was like they gotta be together he grabs her ass in that first scene. <laughs> so I it hit me so hard when I the first time when they actually kind of identify as a couple and the you know right when we're introduced to them, I immediately went, "Oh, okay, so they are together." Right. And then the rest of the movie is spent being just like she seems like she's going to fuck other dudes. <laughs> why she is he not, not Why is together, he not stepping in more often right. here? Yeah, exactly. If it they are just, together, she is not shy about flirting with other men in the car with him. This movie is so... <laughs> one thing this did to me is present Sam Neill for the first time in my life as it turns out to be the complete opposite of every other Sam Neill portrayal. Oh, yeah, right. He is just getting cucked by Ian Malcolm <laughs> for, like, a hard hour of this flick. And then every other movie, he is this, like, crazy, violent, <laughs> psychosexual dude. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, it's like how uh, it's such a strange, like, today a guy like Sam Neill would never be the top build Jurassic Park actor. Mm-mm. It would have because he wasn't really, like, a known guy, at least to me as a 10-year-old at that right. time. And you look, it's like, yeah, he was in, like, the the omen four you know he's doing stuff like that <laughs> is that what we're <laughs> but then it was like yeah what else have i seen him in it's like oh yeah mouth of madness or event horizons like he's an insane person yeah you know i didn't see possession until i was in my 20s mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. jurassic park i saw at least once every year in, in my teens yeah you know like this is my and it's just like well this guy does this guy's messed up stuff <laughs> sam, <laughs> sam neil's like a messed up but dude. yeah in this one it's like oh, i hate kids they smell that's like his character. His whole and, then, and then his character <laughs> right. is just like, I love these kids. <laughs> He's a dude who, it's stunning how, like, he, I mean, Sam Neill's, like, you know, a cool, like, hunky guy, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, it feels like he should be, like, a little more appreciative that he's with Ellie Sadler, right? Because Laura Dern in this movie, how, when we've talked about our Ru- Mount Rushmore at this point, mm-hmm. Laura Dern, she's on it. Absolutely. She is just the best. Yeah. I want to watch her in everything. And that's another one. It's like she wouldn't be in this movie today, that that person who's been in David Lynch movies and, you know, dramas and stuff. And 
I just, it's, uh, I just, that's part of the charm of this movie is that it just is such a, uh, I love genuine thing. I love they're the cast so good in this movie. It. Yeah, they're this so is not good a, in it. This is not a big cast for such a huge movie. When you really think about it, mm-hmm. like there's only so many speaking parts and characters with two scenes, and they're all great. They're all great, and they're all people, like you said, that wouldn't be cast mm-hmm. in that kind of thing today. And I feel like this is definitely like this is the one that made Goldblum who he is. Wow, right? Ian Malcolm is. Uh, I mean, these the Alan Grant, Ellie Sadler, Ian Malcolm. These are names that are burned into my brain. I know these names. I better know than these I know people. my grandparents. Yeah, names. It's like I know these people I I, uh, I was blown away I, so I love the nuances that they all have Laura Dern has so many nuances of talking under other characters the whole time and uh, the way she just kind of goes like oh here we go when Grant <laughs> gets on that kid you know when we start getting the reactions from these people man these feel like real. these are people yeah these are some of the perfectly cast stars playing these realistic characters with ticks but also these actors getting to do, like, their thing. I was kind of blown away by how much of an acting showcase a ton of this movie was. Mm-hmm. This is not just some action trash, right? Like, don't. Cliffhanger kicks ass. Sure. Right? Cliffhanger's cool. You know? And Jurassic Park isn't like 12-year-old me going to see the Christoph Kislowski's Three Colors trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was a different when triple I'm 12, feature. right? You know, yeah, yeah our 1993 <laughs> flicks. Like, that was the year that when... That one you... I saw in Fresno. <laughs> right? That was... Yeah, my parents dumped me off at some uh, central California. Uh, that was the year... Like, what was possible in 1993 when Harvey Keitel's like, I'm going to show it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm doing it every year now. I'm starting this yearly tradition We're doing until it an Oscar winner me, now. Yeah. Right? They can't stop me. Yeah. I did Bad Lieutenant. I'm going to do it in piano. I'm doing it. And then people were like dreading 94. When Monkey Trouble came out, they saw Keitel was in it. It's like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) I I feel like there's a huge dip from 93 to like by the time you're at 95. And it's like the English patient and shit. It's just like. It started in 92 now that I think of it. Because that was like Batman Returns. Mm. And that's when I'm like, I'm going to the movies as much as I can this is everything I want, right? So it all started, that was just the era. Yeah. And then, yeah, by 95, it's just like, man, this dream's slipping. <laughs> <laughs> that it's Batman forever. And you're right, like, oh, like, geez. This is different. <laughs> Things are changing. 97, you, you bring it back with, like, the Con Air. Sure. You, you still know, had that, yeah. You bring Con Air. You the get, Rock. You know, yeah. So these suddenly are movies you're just I was like, never going to see. Yeah. I know. That's sure. it, Even, like, even I remember it was just such a thrill, like, when uh, my parents let us watch The Simpsons after like three years, or yeah, we're doing Jurassic it. Park. That was a huge one, dude. It's, and it's just it uh, still doesn't get bigger for me than Jurassic Park. Yeah, action thriller spectacle. Like when I'm so glad you were the one that said scary. This is scary. It's a scare. That T Rex scene scares me. Yes, it is. I was watching it again today. It is heart stopping. It is like holding your breath. The kids are really screaming. We were talking about, uh, I, I was watching Timmy in this movie. Yeah. And it's like, that's up there with that kid in Cujo to me. This kid goes through the fucking ring. <laughs> yeah. And it, it. I was blown away believable. by the girl. 
Yeah, and she Lexus had some of the too. best scared reactions. To- she could have been a total scream queen. Like that was a real deep throated screaming at the T Rex. She was amazing. Yeah, both. Of them. And that scene was so much scarier than I remembered. I can't. I I think I was more scared now than at twelve. Mm-hmm. Seeing how good that looked. Oh my god, that, the that, sound. Yeah. Oh, the sound design is insane. The one cool thing I did with this movie get to experience was my dad used to do a lot of handiwork, and we went to some studio where a guy like does ins- installs s- speakers and okay. surround sound and stuff at homes. And he had a mini theater, like six seat theater, with his big setup, oh, and yeah. he played us the T Rex scene. Come on! And oh, the sound is so deafening and so perfect. That is dangerous. That's a man who's just like I know what a twelve-year-old boy would most want to see <laughs> in my my room. <laughs> that is such a like. Hey, you want to see the T Rex <laughs> scene? A but- full THX surround sound. <laughs> It's certified, kid. That is just the, I don't know, something about the just the seed makes like it feel Reno, more right? treacherous. Yeah, just the seed. If well, it was yeah. all sitting you down with like a full popcorn, something. My dad's like, I'm not going to sit there for an hour and a half, two hours <laughs> while we watch the whole movie. By the way, what a blessing. Two hours? Mm. This movie is so good that the finish is literally like, we're driving the fuck out of here and the <laughs> helicopter is taking off, credits roll. Like, there's no, like, nothing. They are out of there speeding off into the dark. I always, yeah, I love that bit at the end where it's just like, nobody's talking. We're done. (laughs) We are done. We don't even say it. (laughs) Malcolm, I don't want to hear anything out of you right now. 1993 at Carlos's house, that was, like, hard target. Mm -hmm. My dad wasn't going to rent hard target for me. Yeah. I wasn't getting the Lance Henriksen. Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> movies, right? But I'm getting to see Hard Target. I'm getting to see Maniac Cop 3, mm. which would never be coming home from new release video with yeah. my folks, right? I, yeah, I almost feel like Carlos's mom needed no, there just was, to take a little closer look Martha's at some guidance was perfect. I feel... <laughs> this was so funny. I saw her recently... once at, over. <laughs> I saw her recently at uh, somebody's funeral. Hadn't seen her in And I immediately told her, I was just like... Man, you don't know how much I talk about <laughs> Carlos. All and she's like, "Oh, what about?" I was just like, "How you used to let us rent R-rated movies when we were like 12." That's it. Sorry for your loss. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was Carlos. <laughs> no, man, I told man, I was about to tell her all about the pie. How tell her like a seven year old woman. About my podcast, right? And it uh, would also then have to ex- tell her of what a podcast is. Yeah. And then some other 70-year-old woman came up and just ruined the vibe. Oh. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, getting it. You're, like, maniac. Oh. But, no, <laughs> I didn't off. I didn't know... You know, I loved that I was seeing movies like The Sandlot, but I didn't even know movies like Maniac Cop 3, mm-hmm. Badge of Silence, were a thing. Mm. That was like, it was a whole new world to me, right? And so that year was just this huge year of movies for me. It's like a buffet, though, right? Like, like you say, you could have everything from Spielberg and dinosaurs to Renton, some true sleaze. I shouldn't have been seeing Carlito's Way. No, I should. It shouldn't I don't have happened. Think so 
it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, I don't. It, I, I don't fault my parents for sticking to the radio yeah, system. My parents didn't know I was seeing Carlito's yeah. way, right? Yeah. And uh, but also, twelve year old me was like, I'm really glad I got to see Vigo Mortensen being like, I can't home. <laughs> Just like, man, things are different. Yeah, worlds are different, man. <laughs> but this movie hits the ground running. Everybody is talking constantly, explaining some very complicated data. Mm-hmm. And we also get complicated descriptions of, like, park security systems. And oh, we know, yeah. like, everybody's job. This is an early, like, hacker movie. Yeah. There's a lot of hacker shit going on in this movie. And it's, like, 93? We're talking about systems and hacking. And I don't remember. Was, was this, like, when Sneakers was coming out? And, like, was this, like, a burgeoning... <laughs> Like subgenre. Think of X Files, man. People, people yeah. were finally talking about like, yeah, people are using computers, computers. now, man. They can be bad. Catch they can up. be done for bad things too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hackers as like a thing has always been kind of a boogeyman mm-hmm. throughout our teens, right? But I love how deep into explanation, kind of unnecessarily, you're watching back. It's amazing how tightly this runs. When they're so fixated on like real details in mm-hmm. a fake movie, you yeah. have the laser disc out here, yeah, which is a gorgeous presentation. It is, but on the back, in a very short description of the movie, they are including these details like, and so this guy brings a paleo botanist, <laughs> also a paleo macro. Like, it's like, why are we <laughs> dealing in these such specific titles? Just call them scientists, call yeah. them archaeologists. I know exactly. And the the that makes me think of watching that this last time's like they really get into the genetic code stuff. <laughs> it's such a real time explanation about like there. You know, you can just bullshit us. Yeah, and then the they end up kind of doing it. Any, they like, do, but we, it's such a frog DNA. They're like, like we're gonna minute. we're gonna come up with the most realistic, but explain it in like they're showing their work so they're, much. And, and the this ah oh, that that. A, I'm trying to think of another like animated sequence that Spielberg would have directed, like in a movie. Like this is a prolonged like. I Mr. forget DNA. we go into a real three minute cartoon. Yeah, we're watching. It's not them watching the cartoon. It's just us watching. The cartoon, the cartoon. is all of it. Yeah, and he's got the uh, he's doing the little, you know, DNA jokes and bumping around with the dinosaurs and, uh, but then it keeps showing the like with our 3D you know, virtual reality technology with just like this guy, like <laughs> yeah. just, I guess, moving the genome around in virtual reality. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just the level of like, whew, we are just getting all the information. This movie was, front. is so information packed in its first third. And also like, they could have just not had that whole thing about like them being all female. It's like, <laughs> just skip that part guys. <laughs> Don't have that discussion. For such we're a good. tight movie, it's amazing how how just like we're getting a lot of a lot of datum uh, throughout this flick, right? Just talking about chromosomes while BD Wong is like erasing <laughs> stuff off a clipboard for ten minutes. I'm telling you, it's like a sports night <laughs> episode, yeah. but it's like they're on a helicopter. <laughs> like, I can't explain. It's just like I never noticed this before. How just like. As a 12-year-old, you think I'd, like, turn around and be like, well, this is really talky, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, these people are chattering. Well, it just, yeah, every conversation, like, especially on the helicopter, is like, oh, you don't know what chaos theory is? Well, let me <laughs> tell you about me as a character and chaos theory. 
I love that. Stuff. Yeah, man. Everybody's getting into the thick of it. Yeah. Everybody's so getting into the weeds and really just like, man, these guys are riffing. They're like known within the scientific world. They got reps and they're all like playing off their reps. It's like, well, you know, Malcolm, he's got a mouth on it. It's just uh-huh. like, man, they're all just, but buddy, you said Jeff Goldblum. You look back. Goldblum was kind of a freak mm-hmm. before this movie. That's yeah. This so, is what I think. Yeah, this is the movie that made him what he is now. This Apartment is thirty com years of Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum as a beloved, attractive man. Yeah. Before then, you think of eighty-seven to before Jurassic Park. Goldblum, it's him either being a freak show in straight to video kind of movies, or being an alien in Earth Girls Are Easy. Mm, yeah. Just like get the six foot six weirdo. Exactly. Get all weirdos right he was a weirdo and this is the first time he gets to be like the hottest weirdo (laughs) he is an attractive force in this movie he is an attractive force and he wants to bang laura dern (laughs) in this close proximity helicopter so hard and sam neal's doing this like hugh grant stammering guy thing and it's like step it up i know ellie sadler's in her khaki shorts and Malcolm is pouncing <laughs> on sight. And it is the most, like, we saw when Jeff Goldblum had, like, hypersexual fly DNA mm-hmm. and was just, like, banging right. that chick. Yeah. In he the does fly. have that. And Ian Malcolm is somehow more just, like, he's going to outdo him. <laughs> he's going to do this harder. And, <laughs> like, he was not a leading man type right. before this. It is hard to cast opposite a six foot six guy with Goldblum features. Gina Davis was a necessity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a they miracle they met up, there. right? Yeah. They were a perfect opposite. And, you know, we know Deep Cover rocks now, mm-hmm. but nobody was talking as much about Goldblum and Deep Cover in 92, right? And Jurassic Park is just him breaking out as. Super fuckable Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Out of nowhere. He had perfected the stammer, you know, the, the pause. They and let the, him. Uh, and the, uh. Like, that's, this is the movie where that happens. He came out of nowhere and was just allowed to just, like, I'm going to make this my life. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, so many times in this movie that it is just, like, I think he adds, the movie's two hours and seven minutes. It's like, he packed in those seven minutes most of it is yeah him he stalled seven. during his script time like he was just leaning and like all his gesturing mm-hmm. this is like sandman doing like you know <laughs> uh, billy madison he's like i'm gonna do this for 35 years it's a it's a yeah it's a, it's like nick cage level of just like i'm gonna take this dialogue and just twist it in such a way that only i can do it christopher walken same kind of thing like only this jeff goldblum can do this but yeah but when you character. think about, you look at it now, and it's just like, of course, it's Jeff Goldblum. But no, when you put it in within context of what he had done right, within or those what few he was years around as, it, yeah. the level of work he was actually doing, for him to just commandingly take over every <laughs> line of dialogue he has in this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Made him a star. It's, it's a He's the one that comes back for the sequel. He, you know, I always think of how his character in... Uh, ID four, Independence yeah. Day is basically doing the same lines. It's all of it. It's like that was yeah. They it was like get me 
a Jeff Goldblum type after this movie. This is like the movie where it's just like Jack Nicholson <laughs> starts do totally. being Jack, right? Yep. Yeah. Because this was not just more stammering than by far than any other Goldblum performance. He just became Jeff Goldblum. Exactly. In this movie. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, I knew this guy in uh, high school who like, uh, he played a role in a play of like an asshole. Yeah. And then he was kind of an asshole the rest of the time <laughs> I knew him. Like he couldn't shake it. He couldn't it. break out. And uh, that's what Jeff Goldblum is like. He's just like, he got so into this character. He's like, this is working. I like he this. Probably, and he, as good as he is on screen, he probably got so much tail. <laughs> My God. Doing right? that Malcolm bit. Right. Doing that Malcolm stuff. And we know he's kind of a creep too, right? Goldblum? No. Isn't it known he kind no, of was Goldblum's a creep to cool. some people? Okay. He's been with like the same girl. Okay. He was the girl that was from Malcolm in the Middle, so it's like a younger like age gap thing, mm. but it's like a, a long partner. No, Goldblum's a cool guy, I think. Okay. I mean, I don't want to back anybody because any dude. <laughs> I know, like, never know. <laughs> nobody. I think Sam Neill's a good guy. I, I'll back Sam Neill. Sam Neill gets all his fucked up shit out on yeah. the screen. Yeah. Right. He puts it all out there. I would totally buy that Harvey Keitel was like a regular dude. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Like he gets absolutely. It. Like I'd buy that Willem Dafoe's a dude who's just like, no, I'm gonna show it to. Like, I'm just going to show my... my sh- I would buy that if they're just, like, actually leave kind of the nor- normal, boring New York life. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're talking just... Not just Goldblum's acting in this movie. Richard Attenborough crushes sir Richard. This. Was he, he probably wasn't Sir Richard at this point. I don't know. I don't, but he did I, become a sir. Yeah. He sounds like a guy who should be called a sir. He's pretty... Uh, yeah. He not only He's has that, am- this. that amazing... Santa energy. Mm-hmm. He also comes off kind of smart and cool. He comes kind of like Yoda. Sure. <laughs> but also like a quick, but also a little like Willy Wonka. Like if Yoda was your grandpa or something. Yeah, but yeah. also maybe like he could knife you. <laughs> I was getting so many vibes from Attenborough. And one thing I... He does have kind of like a behind the eyes, like just like... There was occasional things where he would like freeze movie, right? a bit with like his mouth open, kind of doing like a... Yeah. Like a sizing you up kind of thing. Well, you like, know, it's interesting because you think about it, his character is like trying to sell this thing to these guys. So, of yeah. course, he's being charming and funny. and uh, bu- 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 He's bu- got a snake oil salesman but vibe. when it's them in the office, he's just more like, damn it. And, and oh, and he started and it. stuff. Yeah. You uh-huh. know, it's like, yeah, it seems like he's like, oh, this might be kind of an asshole, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, any you any of those megalomaniacal billionaires, mm-hmm. right? Like Hank Scorpio's charming as hell, but he was flamethrowing exactly. guys, right? Right. Like Attenbar- Attenborough saw death. You know he saw death. <laughs> you know he knew when deaths happened at the amber mines. Well, yeah, sure. And Just like the dinosaur births, he wants to be there for every death. Every mine. birth, yeah. So every he's got that death. cult kind of vibe. He wears all white. It is really a oh, Doctor yeah. Moreau situation. Mm, mm-hmm. And it feels like it at every time. You don't know anything when when you when we're jumped into the movie at at uh, first a guy's long, fourteen minute bloody, limb by limb velociraptor death. <laughs> right, Sp- Stevie, old Stevie. Twenty years later, he's like, I'm getting away with like a monster just biting legs off. It's he loves getting away with the PG thirteen and PGs. I was surprised, especially as a kid watching this, like how graphic this movie was, and. I feel like it's even more so than Jaws, right? Or, I mean, Coot. Temple of Doom is probably his most graphic movie. Yeah, but that had uh, heart ripping. Yeah, this one is uh, really like 
when when he chomps that dude in half, yeah, starts swinging him around. It's like, oh, we're okay. We're the watching sound this. design. Like you're feeling the crunch, yeah, of this thing. You're, man. you're feeling breaking, this movie. Right? Those bones are shattering. Yeah, right. This movie is kind of surprisingly violent, surprisingly talking, but the acting put forth. This is not people making like some shitty summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. This is people making a movie. I don't know if Richard Attenborough actually walked with a limp and cane or not. But this man limped so hard through this movie that I noticed every scene the dude is in is him climbing the most massive (laughs) flight of stairs. Yeah, they insist on it. This guy climbs so (laughs) many stairs, and he is looking like his, he is using like another man's legs to walk like he is just moving and hobbling if they spared no expense you'd think they'd get this guy like a chairlift yeah he needs one of those yeah (laughs) just cruising him up like live (laughs) soprano and uh, but a little faster to keep a little like keep Keep it going professional keep it like doc more like professor xavier Mm -hmm. right but attenborough does not need to throw in these many character ticks limping upstairs the visitor center stairs is like did we need to make this 20 steps long this place is for kids yeah what are we (laughs) making them do here right but so i don't know if attenborough i'm always like what is the point of this building they're going into (laughs) this giant atrium bowels of this place right (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> this this huge, large, archaeological Indiana Jones-type dig, right? But this movie's script is so chatty and jokey and fast-paced that we're also opening with Sam Neill just dunking hard on an 11-year-old kid <laughs> for such a weird reason where every 12-year-old kid wants to see this and the only, like, 12-year-old kid you see for an hour is Sam Neill just threatening to gut him. <laughs> It is making sure this movie is, like, not a place for children. Yeah. This movie, I I don't know. Like, they're out in this deep, remote, high-end Montana dig, and Sam Neill's explaining how violent velociraptors... Velociraptors took America by storm. That's This is this made a, a huge star out of the Velociraptor. That it, was an unknown dinosaur before Nobody this. was talking Velociraptors. No. And within two years... As a kid growing up on dinosaurs, yeah. It was never brought man, up. Man... Were you a dinosaur kid? Oh, for sure. Big time. Dude. Yeah. My dinosaur birthday that my mom threw for me when I was like nine, one of the best. Mm -hmm. One of the best. Having a dinosaur. This was before there was a dinosaur movie. Right. No, this all your dinosaur entertainment up to this point was like Smithsonian straight to video stuff. No, I'll tell you. The thing that threw me over the moon for dinosaurs, back in the 80s and early 90s, they had sticker books. Mm. in the supermarket checkout aisle. Like, they had sports ones where you'd buy the pack of stickers from, like, Panini or whatever sticker, tops, I don't know. Sure. And it would just be stickers, and then the baseball ones would have all 30 stadiums, cool players from each team, but you'd have to pay money for the packs once you had the book, right? But, man, they had a dinosaurs one. Mm. It was nothing but the sickest drawings of dinosaurs, Beautiful nature scenes were just... I loved every artist's rendering of what a dinosaur habitat might look like. Absolutely. I flipped for dinosaurs, right? I loved them. And this movie made the dinosaurs look the coolest mm-hmm. they'd ever looked. 
and made sure to know that this one smart mouth 12 year old <laughs> kid and i don't know how he got a ticket to this dig uh, yeah who immediately comes up and's like i think dinosaurs are gay <laughs> and sam well, neil and sam neil's just like listen you shit the whole crew it's like he's like ah, i know one of these guys evolved into birds and the whole crew's like Push, birds <laughs> it's like you're on the this is your head scientist who what are you on this dig? Who are these people? Who are all of you students? And next time you watch the movie, Eric, look at those extras in that Badlands scene as he's like explaining things. There's a woman <laughs> in the middle who is just overacting the <laughs> hell. She is the one in office space just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Dude, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so sensitive to it now, it's and insane. I love it. I I find myself looking for the guy in a restaurant scene who's just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> There was one in in like an episode of Mr. Show where the guy, God bless him, he's like a Tim and Eric background guy, just like, right. mm, like oh my God. And yeah, dude, who are the people on this dig? It, it, this, it, the scene is so great because they're so packed in tight to him that he turns around and almost c- hits this woman in the face, <laughs> turning around to talk to them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the off-camera guy that just goes, kid's a pistol. Yeah, there's so many off-camera little riffs thrown I, in. I can't so tell many you just how ups. iconic that line of dialogue Kids is like, for me. Like, me and Katie say it twice a day. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> we celebrate every part of this. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I do love, as I could really relate to it, because I was a 12-year-old that would say, <laughs> right. like, dumb stuff that would, like, embarrass my parents. Or, like, like I went for a joke. Uh, certain yeah. times that got me in trouble and also thought like yeah I'd do it like I would say it you're like waiting you're like I'm definitely going to get in trouble if I say this but we had I, the, the six foot turkey is too good to not say I know when you have a thing <laughs> when you have a smart aleck remark that you can say right when you have it when you know it'll make every kid laugh yeah it's so hard not to push We're that strangers button. in Montana. Yeah. On a yeah. Montana when you're dig. you're like the only twelve year old on a dig in Montana. He's like cruising up on a bike like a kid eating a gogurt. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else. It's important to note. Everybody else was silent. Mm-hmm. And a twelve year old kid just instantly just like you like burr. It's just like <laughs> Sam Neill's just like listen here, kid. And no, and the sea parted like Moses, right? And nobody They're did. They're like, that guy right there. Yeah, he everybody <laughs> singled this kid out. And nobody did shit. Yeah. As Sam Neill started to get, like, more threatening than people should feel comfortable seeing a kid threatened. Yeah, I feel like if a guy comes over to my kid and takes out, like, a claw and starts kind of swiping at my kid with the claw. <laughs> he touched him. <laughs> like, he put his hands on a kid. Right? Like, if... If I didn't know you, and, yeah, and right. I put put like a hand on you, that I've already like this guy put his hand on me, right? Like you've I've crossed a line, right? Samuel put his hands on a kid, and this kid's one of those kids who's like, oh, he's twelve, but the actor's actually thirty-seven. <laughs> he's one of those freaks. Like, no, this was some fat kid. This was a kid. This is some fat kid straight out of the Sandlot, right? Mm-hmm. And Sam Neil threatens to gut him, gut him like a fish. Sam Neill you te- are alive Sam Neill tells when they start yeah, to eat you. He is a foot from his face. <laughs> and the things he says to this kid are more messed up than anything he says to Isabella Johnny <laughs> in the possession. When when somebody is getting raped by a metal pole and uh, a Vetorizid, 
I'd still be shocked if Sam Neill says, like, he's like, you're going to be alive when you die. <laughs> like, it's just like, all right, well, we didn't need him to say it. And in this movie, Spielberg says, like, he's going to say it. He's going to say, gonna it, say right it to, to this kid. That's how we introduce our hero. That's the only kid you see for the next hour. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the movie in one fell swoop is introduced to children and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Surprise. These are the next three people that are in this movie. This is before Pulp Fiction, right? This is <laughs> yes, it's like the, the same time. Yeah, that's one of those things where you, I think there was a moment in like 99 where I went like, Wait, Sam Jackson's in <laughs> Jurassic Park? So when I'm talking, like, Jeff Goldblum gets to be like, you know what? You get to be Jeff Goldblum now. Jurassic Park is like, hey, Sam Jackson, you get lines. Like, you get your own <laughs> quips now. Yeah. Hey, Sam Jackson, you're the rock. Also, yeah, hold on to your butts is also a pretty iconic line. Hold on to your butts is so good that, like, <laughs> doesn't he drop it twice? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I don't his think thing I knew that he's like, did he say the same line again? <laughs> That's his thing, right? Yeah. He's just like a computer guy who's like, oh, you want me to start the tour? Hold on to your butts. I I had no memory of him having a repeated catchphrase. Could you imagine if Arnold, like an hour in, said it was like a second time, like, I'll be back. And they're like, all right. He drops two different hold on right. to your butts, like, see how many times I can fit it into a situation? Like, I had I had no memory of a second drop. It's just, yeah, it's funny. Is that it's a like, new 30th? It's <laughs> clearly, like, his casual thing, but then he also says it in, like, the biggest moment of their lives. Like, we may die <laughs> if this doesn't work. Yeah, he brings hold it Hold on to your butts. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope it, what if it, I need to kind of watch we, have we watched, like, seven different 1993 Samuel L. Jackson movies? Apparently. feels like we have hit, hit him so hard, and I love it. But I always forget he's in this because he doesn't show up again until 45 in. Mm-hmm. And then he's just Sam Jackson. He's like, But he's doing it. But that could also, yeah, that could be, like, anybody, that kind of character. Like he He's does, just, like, the, the computer guy He's the, he looks who dies like, off screen. Like, that's how unimportant he is. He gets the, the John Carpenter, like, falling out of a footlocker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Death. Yeah. In a kind, but it's like Jurassic Park's a classy movie with some, like, falling out of a footlocker deaths, right, you know? With, like, a sil- severed arm. It's, just, it's a Jaws death. It's a guy yeah. popping up in the window mm-hmm. kind of death, right? But... He also, so it's such a fun, like, full Sam Jackson energy, but he's also looks like a guy who's, like, one of the Apollo 13 right. station crew. Smoking a cigarette all the time. Well, That's you got to have the butts, right? Yeah. What's, there's no illusion. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. He's referring to the cigarette butts when he says, hold on to your butts? Buddy. I <laughs> every one time it's like he takes the cigarette out of his mouth. It's like a Joan Rivers routine. I I honestly assumed he wanted you to hold on to your own buttocks. That's how important this thing was going to be. The great part of the jokes <laughs> is that he's the wow. he's What's so funny? There's no Dennis Nedry has the like kind of almost pornography at his desk. Mm-hmm. Sam Jackson talks less about butts than any black character. In any movie of the 90s, every time he refers to butts, it is just about the cigarette that he removes from his mouth as if it's Uh. like, this is true lies like you're fired before he shoots a missile. 
level joke, and then yeah. he does it like again. It's like a prop comic. <laughs> it is just talking about butts. I never made the connection with the cigarette butt. I just assumed that was like him saying, you know, kiss your ass goodbye kind of a thing. This guy never talks about human butts. <laughs> Ever. He exclusively talks about cigarette butts. Mm-hmm. And then just dunks that line again. You And you get the sense that just like, is he saying this every day? And everybody thinks Nedry's the annoying one, but it's actually just like, ugh, he has these phrases. Do you think, he has to fit in. Do you think, uh, much like how uh, Muldoon, the, the game warden guy, yeah, the way he says like, clever girl, God. before he dies, do you think Sam Jackson off screen is like, hold on to your butts when the <laughs> dinosaur's coming at him? So I don't know what it's like for one William Muldoon. I like that guy. I, don't, I've, I didn't look up who that actor is. I like him, though. Oh, yeah. I, Clever girl. If you're saying whatever other lines every day of your life, you would not believe how much clever girl comes up in the dumbest situations of my <laughs> life. <laughs> exactly. The dumbest So many situ- iconic lines. I can say movie. it's like a thanks, Obama. Mm-hmm. You can just drop it in literally any situation, and I'll, and I'll just make myself smile. Clever girl. You mm-hmm. know. I see a turkey crossing the street. Clever mm, <laughs> girl. Like, it's an immediate, like, t- tiny serotonin boost. Yeah. You know? It's, it's a the go-to. same way with, yeah, Kids a Pistol. <laughs> or, uh, that is one big pile of shit. Say that more often Brother, than I should. Um, <laughs> so I saw the 3D screening of this time. Oh, yeah. Oh, this movie was oh, not yeah. filmed in 3D, but there are so many different shots where I could tell Steven Spielberg was shooting this, like, Oh, we're going to make this 2D pop like it's mm-hmm. 3D. So now that I'm seeing it in 3D, it is very clear that that 3D shit pile that they get to, you can tell there was a 3D technician taking dedicated effort to make that pile leap as it appeared. But Spielberg knew exactly what he was doing when he filmed this beautiful crane shot that was like backing. The shit appears in the foreground of the yeah. scene. It doesn't appear like stage right or it's like them walking up to this pile. Like you're coasting along and this shit appears just in front of you. You, you see the big six foot pile of shit and Goldblum <laughs> comments on it. And then, yeah, it reveals yet another pile of shit that Laura Dern <laughs> is digging through up she to her elbows. She's deep in this thing. Yeah. Elbow deep. Elbow, Elbow deep, deep, right? She is all the way up there. And this is the first time I really noticed that she just rips off the shit-covered glove <laughs> with her, and holds it in her bare hand. Slopping them into one hand, right? That is, that, I mean, that's so, disgusting. I don't know if this is just anecdotal because of my own life. I have spoken to, in person, and known in my life, two different women, two, mm. who've claimed that they realized they were gay, after seeing Laura Dern, like in this movie, this is so I, I don't know if that. it's a true iconic gay <laughs> character, you know, for, or like just such a sexy in a in a like to all women way. I think out of all the characters, Laura Dern has the cre- the greatest like gen- growth. the 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 story that she takes, the the looks that she has at the end of this movie with the wet hair. Looking up at the dinosaur at the end there. Wow. Those are iconic looks, and I could absolutely see 
someone getting turned. I mean, 12 years old, I know, was old enough for me to be like, I know which actresses I have crushes on. I knew before that, mm-hmm. man. Jenny Lewis in Troop Beverly Hills and, like, The Wizard. It's like, mm-hmm. Sure. That's that's someone I want to see. And it's like, by 93, it's like, yeah, Alicia Silverstone was in movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know. But, like, if some, if you, if there was some, I don't know if it would be Henry Rowan Gardner. If I was a boy or one of the, or that hunky one in the sandlot who grows up to play for the Dodgers. Yeah. But, but, but like, if I, but if I've known two girls that were just like Laura Dern in the khaki shorts and the apricot tied shirt running and jumping over trees mm-hmm. and swinging under like fences, it's just like, totally. yeah, I'd get it. I'd believe it. Uh, yeah. When you see that end of the movie uh, in the helicopter, Sam Neill is covered in dust. Uh, Malcolm has been out of the picture, lame, you know, with a broken leg. He gets half to lay around with just a heaving, sexy chest. So he gets like that a sexy Sean moment. Houston movie character. But, but Laura Dern goes from the like dorky hat, you know, jean, uh, you know, denim top in the Dude, opening. The denim on denim outfit was sick. And then yeah, she gets to have that nice peach top. But then like when that goes away, and she's like I said running and. <laughs> Suddenly, it's Tomb Raider, when right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the The scene at the end where she looks up, she doesn't even look like Laura Dern for that one shot. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I do. It's her face-to-face with the raptor. Yes. It is just like, who is this Amazon warrior woman that we've seen like God, come in into another her own? Like, if she did not own. have Diane Ladd and Bruce Dern as parents, she would have shown up in some kind of sword and sorcery. Mm. She is able to just come off like such an Amazon, but... Not just her looks. This movie is just a reaction shot movie. And every actor from the children to all the pros and like have some of the best reaction shots. Yeah. The the way this movie connects with me with such awe is the way that Laura Dern and Sam Neill look at the like Brontosaurus. Totally. Yeah. The way their faces cause picture this. <laughs> At this point, a you're a dinosaur. You're <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> Wouldn't it be nuts, right? Like, what if, if you, what if you just looked to your left and you saw a dinosaur there that you've never seen before? What if yeah. your whole thing <laughs> yeah. is dinosaurs, right? Where if I was that thing, if that was my whole thing when I was single-digit age, what if I was also forty-eight years old and it's my life? Mm-hmm. And then I looked up and saw one. So as a 42-year-old, I'm, I'm now experiencing what a just pants-shitting moment this is for Sam Neill, for Dr. Grant. And his reaction and Laura Dern's reactions were perfect. The glasses coming off. Yeah. Shock. Full glasses going off. You're talking glasses coming off. <laughs> Sam Jackson played... Jeff Goldblum had so many just, like, glasses-peering moments. And then Sam Jackson's doing the same. Like, everybody's doing little, like, glasses Mm. pulled down to the Mm -hmm. edge of their nose sass. (laughs) But also explaining really complicated paleobotanical data. Oh, yeah. What I love about the scene where they first encounter the brontosaurus is how much science they continue to talk while looking at the dinosaur. Yeah. There's the great opening moment of him going, it's a it's a dinosaur. But then they're like, well, he's got to be like 35 feet. How fast does he run? They do. He goes, they do move in herds. 
Oh. He's already thinking about the paper he's going to write. He's like, they do. I love the moving hurts. But how amazing would this be? This Where movie, I was, I would be like, <gasps> <gasps> I would, I would be uh, the same way that I'm watching this movie. It just fills me with awe. It's yeah. so beautiful. I also realized this thing. I love the score to Jurassic Park, but I was listening to it while I was like tooling around in the bathroom mm-hmm. earlier today. Right? John Williams goes back every eight seconds to the. Do, 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 do. Like that refrain is just like, we're going to do this constantly. Yeah. I'm not changing the key. I'm going to put this refrain in every single scene of the movie. You are being hypnotized with that thing the whole time. It works. And. Well, what's crazy is, is uh, how much uh, in the action scenes, in that first Tyrannosaurus scene and then beyond, the music is absent. Right. So it's like they really I think that's why it's so scary. That Tyrannosaurus scene. There's no music. It's just the thunder and the rain and the screaming and the dinosaur screaming. Oh my and gosh. you go for quite a while. I think it's maybe until the car starts falling that you even get back to music from the tree. The real sound design of this movie mm-hmm. and the breathless pace of our real action scene, our first action major set piece which stands alongside the greatest monster action movie set pieces ever, ever. 30 years later, I don't know if there's been I one think, that tops yeah. it, I think and I don't think so. That shot, that first full shot of the T-Rex coming through the fence and giving the roar. Yeah. I mean, tell me a better, yeah, tell me a, the, the better shot. I must have been a, so excited to just see the, like a real dinosaur when I was 12. I was so much more scared of that T-Rex first appearance in this right now mm-hmm. at my current age than I was then, man. When you see his body, I was really appreciating these kids, like how close they were. I would die. It's right there. It's right I next to him. I would die. I would be dead. I was so scared during Cujo mm-hmm. at Danny Pintaro and D. Wallace's reactions. Two of the scariest yeah, maybe, Di- maybe we know we're dying. Reactions. Maybe that's why film. I thought of Cujo when I thought of Timmy because he's getting attacked in a car for yeah. a prolonged period of time. I feel so safe driving around in my car, even though it's the most dangerous thing I do every day of my life. <laughs> right. There's, I don't do anything that comes close to being that dangerous, and I feel so safe in it. And then a movie like Cujo or now Jurassic Park is just like, oh, yeah, those things ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) You present a thing that could just, like, crush my car. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm toast. Uh I'm done. But as as scary as some of the best parts of Jaws are, the T-Rex action is so majestically sustained and has so much real weight. Mm-hmm. This T-Rex is just violent and strong and the most dangerous thing in on earth. When that thing swings its head around as if he's just going like, what? What? <laughs> it's just like, oh, I would like die. I would be done. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, it's been said a million times, but the mix of the practical and the CGI is so perfectly done in this movie. This is that so much of that opening T-Rex, especially the obviously the close up shots is is that practical stuff that it it is believable this has to be it feels real right this it, is the, it has texture this is one of the the crowning achievements of any kind of special effects technology 
I mean, this again, that's everybody's yeah, exactly. <laughs> opinion. It's impossible to but say otherwise, correct. Yeah, right? It is correct. Not only does it just hold up, it was the most technologically advanced, perfect, like, it's the best. He he could not have done it better. I wonder if that's why he got Dean Kundi to, to shoot this thing, because... We, um, Dean Kundi is a guy... Because he's, he's also on, on, in my personal Mount Rushmore. I mean, we got to see him talk a few years ago, and it's just such a... There's few people with the career of this. You got your laser disc signed by your Jurassic Park laser disc. Yeah, when we saw Kundi talk, it was uh, for a screening of The Thing. John Carpenter is The Thing. And so Kundi is the guy that shot Halloween and all the John Carpenter movies, The Thing. Shot all the Back to the Future movies. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And And then it gets me thinking, like, well, of course, he's, like, one of the most innovative people to capture special effects and blend it with live action. This Especially m- with Roger Rabbit. I mean, I can't imagine how you do that. The technical so staff... Spielberg probably was just like, this is the guy I Yes, need, of, right? this was such a, a who's who of some of the most influential, important names. Mm-hmm. All the industrial light and magic guys, like Dennis Muren, you right. know, who, have, who were literally there through every single technological advancement of practical effects through CGI... How impossible to be a practical to a video kill the radio star situation, right? Like he just went from making claymation shit in the '60s on through all the '70s and '80s practical effects mm-hmm. into like Jurassic Park. He went from Star Wars to Jurassic Park, right? So it took the guys who worked on the best-looking films for a genre movie ever, and they all came together like Voltron. Yeah, totally. And it wasn't an ego clash. It was all of them. Wor- Everybody doing the thing they do best towards a dinosaur movie. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is probably the most respected actor or a, a director at mm-hmm. that point in time. Right. For 1993, you don't get much bigger and more respected than Spielberg. <laughs> and yeah, all these people working. Dean Kundi is a name I didn't know until we honestly saw him talk. And until you look at it, step back and look at his career, it's just like, this guy had so many specific looks mm-hmm. of a film. The biggest movies you've ever heard of are movies he's forgotten that he's worked on. <laughs> exactly. You know, Halloween was 50 years ago for the guys. Just like, oh, did I do that? Yeah. Yeah, right. I've worked on movies oh, that I, have made I billions. invented the, like, steady cam. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... so this movie had so many innovators and so many people working at their Stan peak. Winston's in here, uh... Yeah, names like Phil Tibbet, I feel like. It just like names you see in every movie that you love. Yeah. Especially stuff with dinosaurs and monsters. And this is getting this just feels like them unleashed and doing their best where it feels like everybody everybody wants Jurassic Park. Everybody knew they're like, We're gonna make the best dinosaur movie that will never be topped. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be impossible to top. It will never be this perfect mix. If it was made any other year than ninety three, because we've seen The Lost World, which is fun. That one's fun. And we've seen Jurassic Park 3, which is like a 70-minute movie. <laughs> That's a tough one. It's a movie that's like, okay, this shit's getting good. And it's oh, it's like, 
we're like 68 minutes in. This is this is the series of, of all series where it just gets worse to me every <laughs> yeah. time. The every one time. from a few years ago was the most insultingly bad movie. I was so upset. Yeah. These Jurassic World movies are just, they're not good. The one where they're just drowning dinosaurs. And they're just like, yeah, they got fucked up. And even These dinosaurs did, suffered. I remember uh, one of my you know good friends growing up was this kid, Bill. And Jurassic Park was his favorite movie. And uh, we went and saw Jurassic Park 3 in the theater, and he, like, left. He, like, walked out. <laughs> he, wow. was, he was that insulted by that movie, you know. Wow. That, uh, I, Jurassic Park 3 is a tough one for me. I saw Jurassic Park 3 with a girl. Because I watched the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, right? You <laughs> were like, there. I want to see what the I'm staying, Bill. was doing. That, wrote, that was Bill writing himself out of your, yeah. uh, your friend circle, huh? Exactly. And, uh, no, I, uh. I went with a girl to Jurassic Park 3 with who uh, we broke up the next day. Mm, so man. it's like, yeah, this was Movie's a real, cursed. like, that was a real, uh, it's all over. Yeah, exactly. You know? We're not getting, we're not getting back to the was glory. It, was it like post 9-11? <laughs> like, maybe, maybe. I think it was like right after like Phantom Menace came out and it was just like, oh no. <laughs> jig was Not up. you too, Jurassic Park. <laughs> I, I want, I'm not going to look it up because I want to think that Jurassic Park 3 was like right after 9-11. <laughs> like America was different. And they're like, there's pterodactyls. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's over. Well, to me, we that can't was, do it anymore. Yeah, that was just ninety three to it like shows you just the like how the the magic of Sam Neill and Laura Dern because then Sam Neill's in that third one. Oh and sure, it just doesn't work with him and Taya Leone and <laughs> like it just <laughs> couldn't fit the Taya. Le- yeah, yeah, I love Taya Leone too, right? <laughs> oh, we're doing like flirting with Taylor disaster, Leone, I guess. right? <laughs> Got she nothing looks against great, her. right? Sure, I love she's Leone. fine. And uh, <laughs> Naked Truth. I watched that. Oh yeah, boy. That we have. I guess we we haven't really hit the tail Leones. <laughs> Bad boys. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just keep going. <laughs> you like kind of like shit on me for like <laughs> liking tail Like five Taylioni movies. I thought I was so cool for dropping flirting with disaster. Uh, it turns out you celebrate the whole catalog. Come and on. Uh, <laughs> does she date David Duchovny? I think they were married for quite a while. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a good couple. I could. I would have loved a Duchovny. Okay, so here's the thing: if Jurassic Park three didn't bring back Sam Neill, but they did Duchovny Leone, mm. I think that works. God, that would have been good. <laughs> That would have been so good. In the book, in the Jurassic Park book, which I also read as like an 11 oh, or 12-year-old kid, right? Yeah. Um, that was like, man, when they when there was like a sex scene in Sphere, it's just like, oh, we're doing it. <laughs> like, and uh, But Jurassic Park, there was like a second T-Rex. Yes. And that was this yes. great. So it was such an important series because I also realized like that was the book where I realized the book's better than the movie. Like, the book has more cool dinosaur shit. Mm. And the movie still exceeded, but, like, there's a scene in the book where a second T-Rex, they're in a raft, and the T-Rex yes. is, like, hitting them from below. Man. I, th- I know they used that in either two or three. I think that was in three. They did have the two T-Rexes in, t- in the second one. 
yeah. in Lost World. And the baby T-Rex, Also too. in the Lost World, they had, like, the T-Rexes loose in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Which I always forget where we get our extended L.A., like, post-law. Yeah, maybe San Diego, but yeah. It's <laughs> Say, oh, the sure. City, the, yeah, dinosaur lost in the city. Yeah. Yeah. I forget we get the dinos stomping through, like, the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of it, we get so many dubs set. Pe- dinosaurs getting off the boat. He's like drinking water out of a pool. Like, Daddy, there's a dinosaur in the backyard. <laughs> so many gags that already it's just like, so oh, it's over. Heavy. Because Jurassic Park is serious shit. <laughs> this movie is the serious jokes are funny. Real. Though. The, the jokes are the funny. funny. The funny stuff's funny, but the serious. And then yeah, it's like it also has the serious like, uh, like. Uh, I call it the rape of the natural world kind of conversations. It's like, very like environmentalist, yeah, and it's very preservationalist. Yes, to have a even to have the uh, the girl Lex be a vegetarian, yeah, in like ninety three feels like. And Ellie a Sadler statement. is no like wilted butterfly. Right, like, exactly. she's a. She's that's a, what I mean. She's she's the one that gets stronger. Throughout that's why I can only imagine that it's a widespread thing that she is just a. She turned people in this. Every performance we've seen, go back and listen to Smooth Talk, mm-hmm. which we did fairly recently, which is just a marvel of a performance. Yeah. Like an award-worthy performance from Laura Dern. But the same thing I loved about her in Smooth Talk, all of her faces, all of her tics, the way they're never the same, the way she becomes a new person with new tics, right? She has them all here. Mm-hmm. They're all doing these like serious high level acting performances. I've barely talked while about they're running it. from dinosaurs. Yeah, barely talked about this man, Wayne Knight. <laughs> Dude, I knew we were going to get to Nedry the Wayne Knight performance in this. He has never been fatter. <laughs> <laughs> he is so obese <laughs> in this flick. When you go back and watch nice. Seinfeld, there's his, like, super fat seasons, and then there's, by the end, he's, like, still a fat guy wearing high-waisted sans belts. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it's just like, dude, you're dying. <laughs> and this movie is him not only at his, like, fattest, but his funniest and his most kind of ridiculous. He got, I think, for me, the best laugh of the movie. I laughed so hard. Mm. I think I, I must have forgot it. I laughed so hard this time. When we get introduced to him and he's doing his deal yep. to steal dinosaur embryos and he's just wolfing down food, I love a good food guy performance. Mm-hmm. And he's just chilling in his loungewear. The joke where he yells the guy's name out and tells everybody who he's meeting with, when the guy's like, hey, cool it, man. And he's just yep. like, oh, we got Dodgson. I was dying. Wayne Knight had me from there. And the Dennis Nedry character is so insane at the, <laughs> in the middle of the movie. Such an important, specific reason that everything goes to shit. Yeah, he's the linchpin, right? He's the like the, Titanic. The reason why we have this whole mess to begin with. Titanic didn't have just a big old fat guy bumbling his way into just like I'm. He's the, the iceberg. Wheel. Yeah, like <laughs> it's just like. But Wayne Knight is the guy that's like. One thing that is stupidly consistent through the Jurassic Park movies, but it's also smart, it shows how cheap a guy can, like, sell out. Mm, yeah. In one of the, in the Jurassic World movie that I really hated, they were, like, stealing dinosaurs to auction. And at the auction, there was a bunch of dictators and bad dudes there to buy them. 
and the dinosaurs were topping out at 10 mil. <laughs> And I was like, the first thing, we, me and Jason leave, and we're, the second we're in daylight, Jason goes like, 10 million is low. <laughs> At $10 million, Lance Bass yeah. would be buying a velociraptor. Absolutely. Justin Bieber would have raptors. Yeah, right. they'd be pretty common if they were only going for 10, 10 million. 10 mil is stupid. I, but I kind of believe Dennis Nedry being like, I'm going to go through the most complicated precisely timed series of events to get a million five mm-hmm. million five seems low for the shit fest that dennis nedry had to go through i yeah i'm watching it more and more it I, this is a pretty common you know kind of take too but the spare no expense is so ironic because this is such a cheap operation that Hammond is pulling. <laughs> what a shoddy ship when he comes in at the beginning in that dig scene and he's like He's like, ah, I see my $50,000 a year has been well spent. 50000 I make more than that. There, I know, man. <laughs> and there was like, there was more than 50 people in attendance at this dig. Like, so how many people are throwing in fifty k a year to, yeah, keep this thing going? Because, Jesus. John Hammond walks into the room like he's Not throwing down. You cannot walk into a room wearing all white. Like you're dropping big dick fifties <laughs> on the table, it really you're just like tipping fivers. It's crazy. Who? Where does he get the stones? And then yeah, obviously he's paying Nedry nothing. They have this whole mysterious argument Actually, that I, makes it sound like like Nedry's like owes the mob. Like there's a bit of sorcerer in this movie. <laughs> Dude, damn it! <laughs> I wanted to say sorcerer. I've been waiting to compare Jurassic Park to Sorcerer, and that was going to be my peak Dennis Nedry bit, man. When he shows up in Costa Rica, and it's just like, oh, this is Sorcerer. Dennis Nedry is so the kind of derelict that would be in Sorcerer. If we got a big old... Sorcerer was only missing a big old fat guy. Yep. Sorcerer needed a big fat guy in just white linen pants and some tropical shirt just sweating buckets while eating buckets of food. Yeah needed that guy and dude dennis so i get the sense because i don't think we know for sure for for a movie that explains literally every detail of every person's life i get the sense dennis nedry bilked john hammond out of like a lot of money Mm. because you say it's a shabby operation there's only like four techs working there it's a skeleton crew skeleton (laughs) crew right this is the tour i'm expecting I'm expecting NASA-level rooms full of men pushing buttons. They have enough construction guys that a dude's just, like, sweeping up, right? They've got ten guys in pink shirts just opening the gates up to get in and drive you around. But, yeah, then it's, like, three guys manning the operation. This building seems like it is barely in use. Yeah. And... We get to so I like when because Dennis Nedry has this line and they gotta get here. stuff out of the vending machine. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't have this like, is before like a tech the, you don't just startup. have a snack table. Yeah, you aren't paying. What, you, these men have to go buy their own cakes. <laughs> They're stuck really? on an island. And I do. Do you know how complicated it was to get on here? You're like, there's ten minutes of violent turbulence <laughs> during our descent. Like, and the whole like, time what for three of you? The whole time before, it's like the last shuttle is leaving. Drop what you're doing and leave now. <laughs> Dude, that sound so. That's so ominous. <laughs> I. It never hit me how much how Doctor Moreau this is. Where the whole opening act of this movie is like. We're going to this weird rich guy's island. Mm-hmm. This could be a real pedo operation. <laughs> they don't know. 
He's They're not really telling them anything, and Dr. Grant's doing his stammering routine, but it's like, for a bulk of this movie, they're just taking the word of an eccentric billionaire, which is a bad idea. Mm. Bad idea in every movie. This could be a most dangerous game situation. Yeah. And it, I guess it is. It, it turns is. into that, really. Kind of yeah, it's kind of like a fire fest, most dangerous <laughs> yeah. game. But also, there's like more toilet deaths than ghoulies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly (laughs) yeah actual toilet death dude you talk about cheap i was dying oh the way that the way that restroom just falls apart (laughs) like a stooges bit yeah it does really every it's a buster key and all the walls flop open at once like a happy meal yeah no that's what's so great about this movie though is like something silly like that happens or like the tyrannosaurus appears out of nowhere next to him you don't mind it like you don't care no. You don't care why there's a cliff next to where there's not a cliff before. How Sam Neill just go exits the SUV and walks straight to a t- Triceratops. <laughs> he didn't see that Triceratops. He's just like, I'm getting out. Something's and he up. goes right to it. And, uh, <laughs> no, it was the thing No, you're, where... like, crying because you're seen as Triceratops on screen. You're just like, oh, God. Yeah. This is beautiful. It's incredible. Yeah. And... At the same time, this spare-no-expense operation has Sam Jackson with a straight face saying, like, you know what, guys, no problem. The fuse box, I'll show you where it is. Turns out the fuse box is in a maintenance shed miles away. You are in a huge basement underground high-level facility that has a, like, transporter through it. And your maintenance shed's like a, like a screen door fenced in building on the other side of the park you have to jump over felled trees exactly no one's keeping that property that's it the storm must have blown it down why is the shed so far away and when you get into it why is it so cavernous and maze-like why did they make this thing so hard to act? The fuse box is in the deepest, darkest corner of the farthest away building on there. And Sam Jackson's getting up with a, with his short guy Dilbert office shirt like, shouldn't be more than three minutes. Yeah. That guy's dead. He's done. These. That's ev- the kind of, you, you just, you don't question it. Like, watching it, uh, I remember the, the first time I went, like, the scene where the car is falling down the tree and they're, like, running to outrun it. Yeah. Like, why didn't you just climb, like, around the other side of the tree? You say that. I, I love the people. I'd be making dumb decision after dumb decisions. It's true. And one of them would be, I guess, the architecture who, who, who put up like, all right, well, we have this humongous data nerve center. We're just going to throw this shed out here three miles away mm-hmm. from all the action. Can you imagine going out? If my, if my fuse box blows, I go down to the garage and reach around the corner and just kind of jimmy one of them, right? Sam Jackson has to go on a trek. Yeah. He brings water. <laughs> Laura Dern is jump is doing hurdles and swinging over bars, right? Dodging yeah. enemy fire just to get to this thing, just to flip a fuse. And then you got to warm it up with a paddle. I've never seen that before. <laughs> She's priming it. <laughs> she has like a, a lawnmower. Just a primer. <laughs> she has a hand crank on this thing. <laughs> Spared no expense. Thanks for the electric Why? SUV track. Why is a man opening the gate at the beginning of the movie? You don't have an automated thing to open up <laughs> yeah. the pen's gate? Hammond is the guy you'd think would be the guy explaining that there's a guy hidden off screen <laughs> that pulls the door. Their guys are just there. Their guys are just opening the bar. 
the spare no he even's talking about his spared no expense ice cream it looks just like a big 15 gallon jub of sweet tooth just yeah <laughs> but also i bet that cookies and cream is the best tasting ice cream any of those people have ever had mm. no people deserve ice cream more than like can you imagine escaping dinosaur attacks how much I would inhale a tub of yeah. melting cookies and cream ice cream. That brief moment where the yeah, Lex and Tim get to have the, the buffet of desserts and stuff is like very, looks very appealing. It's so aesthetically yeah. pleasing. It's the Kevin Malone in, or whatever his last name in Home Alone is. Kevin Malone oh, in yeah. Home Alone. I can't be right. <laughs> McAllister. McAllister. <laughs> So Kevin McLeod's his uh, <laughs> his big old bowl of like piping hot mac and cheese oh, that he yeah. makes right before the shit goes down. You that thing doesn't it. get touched, and it's such a like a good looking bowl, right? And so that always messes me up because he's got a giant glass of milk to go with his <laughs> mac and cheese. Yeah, it's like oh kid, you are gonna be hurting during this at <laughs> oh, home that invasion. Me. That's what gave me my iron stomach was my big old full glass of milk <laughs> in a piping bowl of mac craft dinner. <laughs> But at his fattest, the physical performance that Dennis Nedry, Wayne Knight, Mm. goes through, dude. Dennis Nedry in this movie has the most like-fucking-clockwork plan. Oh, yeah. Where 18 of the most complicated-to-time events have to happen in perfect succession just to come away with a million five. To come away with a million five in your 30s. That's yeah. not that's not live forever money, buddy. I know. You're going to have to come like up with one more scheme. Right? Like it's not that much. This is the in and out scheme, man. Yeah. You'll have to think of another scheme in your life if you're settling for a million five. But he's like cuz that's like $100,000 per specimen. Like that's nothing. <laughs> that is nothing for the work that we see him go through. We yeah. see such a real-time failure performance of this guy or being just, put through the ringer. Yeah, right. It's still good. It's still good. He is going through all of it. But just getting the specimens out into your secret Barbasol can is so complicated that already it's just like 100 grand per. Not enough. Mm-hmm. When I find how far he has to drive in the worst weather. Yeah, he wasn't counting on that storm. Falling coming. down a waterfall, climbing back up a waterfall. Do you see how much cable he pulled to get around that tree? Mm-hmm. really stood out to me how well he wrapped that thing. That a guy was, who seemed yeah. as well prepared as you could be, everything went wrong on this. That's definitely heist. the first time I feel like I remember knowing what a what is it, a winch is. <laughs> he like winched I, that. Like he knew exactly how to winch his SUV. I, I feel like I remember being a kid, just like not having any idea what he was doing with that thing. <laughs> but this man was in sorcerer yeah. conditions. Absolutely, this was a sorcerer trip for this for Nedry, and I remember the spitting dinosaur being smaller hmm that thing is a man-sized it's a good-sized dino it's got a long neck that the size of that thing thick before the neck frill even comes into play which that's a scary scene Mm -hmm. that scares me if any animal be it mammal reptile or bird maybe especially bird Mm -hmm. it was the size of even a small man like, started giving me attention, no. It is a fight or flight for me mm-hmm. right from there. I don't know which it'll be. It is either me being in a panicked dead sprint or it is me just, like, punch, trying to punch an eye 
<laughs> in desperation, right? Like Dennis Nedry, you is, wouldn't offer a stick to to throw. Dennis Nedry, he is tempting <laughs> fate so much with this thing, where I would be an immediate, just like we're in go, like I am dead. Mm-hmm. He continues with the plan. I couldn't be in the. It's good. We're good. Like I know shit's happening here, but I can still make this work. Like nope, things have stopped working. Yeah. But we talked earlier about velociraptors being mega stars after this movie. This is a velociraptor. The T-Rex is so cool in this. For the velociraptor, how tough of a feat does it seem to introduce a dinosaur that the kids were not talking about? Mm-hmm. T-Rex was the guy. Oh, T-Rex yeah, was absolutely. the one we knew. I mean... You know, the plesiosaur, I'm sure, had the kids into it. The mas- the mastodon, the woolly mammoth always felt Those cool. Those are good. That felt cool to me. But yeah, I was, I was thinking about this the other day, knowing we were going to talk about this movie. Like, what PR person got behind the T-Rex? Like, yeah. no other dinosaur has the, like, cool T-Rex nickname. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Nobody's like, yeah, look at that T-Tops. Yeah, Exactly. No one's. Everything else is like Brachiosaurus. That B-saur. Stegosaurus. I'm Tyrannosaurus. Rex. This <laughs> <laughs> feels like a Key, Key and Peele sketch. It's just like this guy's going to Rex ya. <laughs> I don't think it's as chick. I think it's like not so chicken and egg. I think. I don't. I bet somebody accidentally arrived at the Rex like suffix. I'm sure it means something. And at that point, science, they're just right? like, "Well, how can we not?" Sh-? Like at that point, he was just like, "But Rex for sure." Rex, like, because it's never a Brontosaurus ite. Yeah, exactly. and there's like a B ite. Like, no, this is just the guy. It's like he had a super long first name and then a cool little short name. T-Rex. It's just like, oh, this guy's T Rex. We're doing yeah. We'll just go T Rex on this. Yeah. I don't know. A T-Rex. Are you kidding me? I think that has a lot to do with his popularity. Like a kid can't say, you know, Ankylosaurus, but he could say T-Rex. I think before I ever saw an image of it, I think part of us always pictured T-Rex as the dinosaur that's like wearing sunglasses. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Like, I don't know that because... A lot of I think there's a lot of kids shirts that have like a T-Rex in sunglasses mm-hmm. and it feels <laughs> just like the mo- like I don't know maybe the the pterodactyl on Pee-wee's Playhouse wore sunglasses like as a bit once but T-Rex is a guy that could like wear them <laughs> like right. not as a bit and everybody knows it and everybody knows that every other dinosaur looks cool and intimidating but a lot of them would look dumb in sunglasses. Like a, a brontosaurus is an amazing creature. Mm-hmm. But if he was wearing sunglasses, just like, what is this like, guy? Yeah, the bump on his head doing? kind of thing. Yeah. Like, what, but a T-Rex, just it feels right. It's amazing how cool he is to like kind of overcome his little like flimsy little arms. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows about the arms, but like nobody talks about them really. Like they're like they don't really get him into too many dumb looking situations. When he comes bursting through those scenes and picks off a couple Dilophosauruses. Oh yeah. Nothing Has about those arms feels laughable in any way. It's not slowing him down. Mm-mm. No. He's alright. He's doing okay. His head himself. looks the size of a school bus. Yeah. It's all about that jaw, that head. That's what that's what the kids are coming here for. I think it is teeth. I think it is the scariest monster character. So some tech guy out there decided 
we're going to introduce a dinosaur nobody's talking about. We're going to throw in a few of them, and we're going to make them cool. Mm -hmm. The raptors became so cool from this movie. Like a year or two later, they're like, we need to name a basketball team after them. (laughs) Exactly. It took off. They're like the mighty ducks of dinosaurs. Dude, in 1992, nobody could have foreseen a a Canadian NBA team being like, Obviously, we need to be named after that dinosaur that nobody was talking about. Right. That's how um that's how much raptors took over the continent. People didn't even know that the term raptor meant bird of prey. That no. mo- the Jurassic Park had to explain that as well. There was a GI Joe guy named Raptor, mm. which is forever burned into my brain. Because I didn't know how to, when I was like seven and getting G.I. Joe's, I called him Raptor. Oh, boy. And my grandma said, what the hell are you playing with? <laughs> <laughs> it's the harshest I'd right. ever heard. It was yeah. like, I had no idea. And it was the, you look up Raptor, the G.I. Joe. It is the will. dumbest G.I. Joe action figure. Does he, he have like a flying he's suit He's wearing like a bird suit. Oh, he is. He's like, I don't remember this guy from the cartoon. This is a guy when you're just like, well, I have 38 was, others. There's only yeah. so many others I can get. He's a D-list Joe. D-list Joe. That's the only term Raptor we ever had. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like that one roadblock. He's like, this guy's a cinder block hammer. <laughs> Who's this dude? No, Raptor was like, he's a bird suit? Yeah. Who? <laughs> and suddenly the Raptors, they're just like, obviously, we need a team named after them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we need that. I don't know if they've brought in. They're, like, they're a team player. They're, they're the specifically you know, mentioned for their team playing skills. Is that a Raptors thing? Well, the whole, uh, the whole thing with the Raptors oh, is that hurt, they, like, they get you from the side. True. That's, what, That's the clever. They're, hun- they're great hunters. That was another thing that made me think this time, like, uh, ham and cheaping out like Muldoon's a good game warden but he's not a dino expert by any means he didn't know the raptors attack from the side it's this thing where it's a smart move to bring in a guy who's hunted like every animal but he's never hunted a dinosaur yeah I don't know if he's hunted man he seems like he wants me to think he's hunted man. I think, yeah, I think he's he's got that stare of someone who's... You could tell he also wants to kind of swing it a bit for Laura Dern. <laughs> I get to say, and, and Grant just lets him. I'm so, so Maybe sh- he's just so confident in Maybe. him and Laura Dern's relationship. Like, they're so tight. I was shocked at some of the things Ian Malcolm was doing. Every chance he got to Laura Dern... I Every thought he crossed the chance. line a couple of times. <laughs> there was a when huge he, line. When he grabs crossed. her hair in the in the Jeep talking about the butterfly Oof. effect. It's like hit the brakes, Chief. Oh my god. Yeah, right. If, if I saw someone do that to my wife during conversation, I'd say, excuse me. Yeah, man. Are you there's a couple of bottles of wine at a dinner party, it would still be a like, okay. <laughs> exactly. Things What's happening right now? <laughs> you and me are going to switch places. Yeah, if you don't put just like a hand on a thigh, right? There's, right. A, there's a line, right, where something changes a little bit. And Ian Malcolm is changing that. Also, I love how the, the Laserdisc back describes him as a mathematician slash theorist. Mm-hmm. The Laserdisc in this movie feels the need to describe these people's positions in <laughs> such specific ways. Imagine reading the back of that movie description and just hearing mathematician. Would you be out? Would you be like, ah, yeah. ugh, math. No, Three no, no, no. different kinds of scientists. <laughs> Here's their names. 
are gathered together on an island, on a science island. But man, when your movie's so huge that they're like, of course we're naming an NBA team after him. For all I know, Chris Bosh is in a Jurassic World. I don't know if they cross-brand, if like Kyle Lowry showed up in one of them. Maybe. I hope. I'd see like a Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. If you did like a Harlem Globetrotters in Jurassic Park thing, like a Hanna-Barbera, but it's all the raptors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What if it's like a Uncut Gems thing where the basketball player is oh like trying to buy the dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. If we get it. Okay, so one thing I, I thought, as much as this movie is perfect, um, the first 40 are so good. That until the kids are introduced, I was already picturing this whole different movie where there's just no kids. Where it becomes this very... Uh, it was striking me as such the Aaron Sorkin doing a dinosaur yeah. movie. That it was just like, yeah, what if we do just get a really serious adult dinosaur movie? It's all debate for like the first... Yeah, after the, you know, after the scientists all get together, they're just like, we got to debate this thing right now before we see a dinosaur. This was a movie that showed that it can do... Sm- explain smart things. Yeah. This could have been a very dumb movie and gotten away with it. This could have been dumb. Like it hit its timing so perfectly on all the, all That's the what they did with the spots. later movies. Yeah. That's what they, you know, <laughs> the lost world's entertaining as hell. Yeah. That trailer falling over the cliff. Like it's funny. Oh, Jeff good. Goldblum gets more like oh, riffs. For sure. The dinosaurs advancing through the tall grass, cutting paths. The like, raptors in the grass is a good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Some really great shots in the lost world. It's, it's a fun one. But it's but Jurassic Park just hit all the notes so perfectly that they could have done dumb dialogue and still worked. Well, that's so what could have made there, it. There kind of is some dumb stuff if you think about it from the perspective of like they would have seen the dinosaurs before they stopped the jeeps. They would have seen the T Rex before he grabs the raptor at the end. Like he's right fucking there. <laughs> we, Why are we not seeing? We him? get some sneaking dinosaurs in this movie, but some, uh, some sneaky dinos. It's so good that you don't care. And then when the T Rex is walking through that fence, or at the end when he's given the roar and the banner when dinosaurs rule oh, the earth yeah. is falling, I got I got chills, man. Cinema. Watching it, I've seen it. I've seen this movie thirty times in thirty years. Watched it this afternoon. Just completely got goosebumps. The, yeah, the, I want to uh, play the Genesis. All, all game. the same. All the same parts. Oh, the Genesis wanna... game was great. Oh, I definitely had toys growing up with these guys. They had the action figures and the yeah. vehicles and the. Oh yeah, it's so incredible that we've gotten T Rexes on film before. You know, the King Kong T Rexes were. That was good. Mm. That's cool. Right, we've gotten cool. Those cool. old Lost World, the, the old Lost World from like the twenties. I have that on on the disc too. Nice, but yeah, they're cool. But the, f- I love. It's, our boy Steve understands the theatricality of the thing, right? You know how they wouldn't have seen the dinosaur. They, the oh, way he first, uh, I int- know that's what I of mean. Of course, like, he knows it, right? He knows the uh, ultimate yeah. like popcorn crowd pleaser. He knows how to do the most highest art, and I'm talking about this dialogue. Jaws is the same way. Mm-hmm. Jaws is just banter, adult banter, <laughs> constant for in t- for an hour. Right. And the last time I watched it, I'm just like, this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. This is a prestige drama, right? Where people are just re- like riffing these, mm-hmm. and this has so much of that. And how he just keeps making what's essentially a trash genre movie 
as art is incredible. But that the T-Rex breaking through that fence and the powerful stomps, how much it dwarfed their... This is one of the most perfect scenes in action, cinema, monster movie, whatever cinema. What a feat. Mm-hmm. But you can say that about other scenes in this movie. You can say this about the performances. This is a movie that just changed things. Things were different. People became archaeologists because of this movie. Absolutely. The profession. This is a life-changing movie in more ways than one, right? Mm-hmm. It is impossible to... In living through this movie, it is impossible to That's like the Spielberg effect, how, right? Like, he can make a movie about sharks and everyone was, like, afraid of sharks to the point where people are, like, afraid of, you know, the water in their shower or something. Yeah. And he can make a movie about dinosaurs and people can be like... I will now dedicate my life to dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs are my entire one movie, thing now. You know, or he makes you know a movie like E.T. How many people probably got into s- space and NASA and stuff over those kind of movies? Mm-hmm. It's amazing, right? Pretty cool. I am so into war horses. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you don't You'd, know. I had no idea such a thing existed. I. I mean, this and is now. I can't get enough of them. I weeped openly watching his uh, West Side Story, right? Sure, yeah, that was one we've talked about. God, yeah, go listen to our I Gush of That movie, man. Spielberg just hits it. He is impossible to deny. I've probably seen more Spielberg movies than any director, right? He does it. Probably. He gets it. Yeah. They don't get better than Jurassic Park. This ranks up. I don't know if there's a better Spielberg movie than this one. I'd probably say that for all of them, but... Easy number one contender here. It's got to be up there, yeah. In the top three choices, like right off the top of your head, yeah. You're thinking Jaws, Jurassic Park. What's another J movie you made? No, <laughs> <laughs> but so many of the action set pieces are just iconic. The mm-hmm. SUV falling, them hanging from the huge skeletal T Rex display, four different people hanging on four different beams, all swinging around. I'm watching Laura Dern the whole time. She's like hanging upside down, monkey bars routine. Right. All these constant things feels like the actors are being put in danger. The stuntman work is incredible, and he keeps the majesty there the whole time, including things like the brachiosaurus is rising above the tree line, right? And just appreciating the majesty of the T-Rex mm. while constantly highlighting its violence. It's treated as such a real thing that it only makes the realistic effects look that good. The burst out of the tree line is a incredible shot the suv that initial whole, it's like there's so many scenes like that whole scene of them running through the dilophosaurus uh herd and how like if you go watch the special effects behind the scenes stuff it's like they had they were just looking right in these random directions the actors yeah and so they special effects were had to like put the dinosaur in the spot where they're looking or the scene where uh Lex, they're going through the gates, uh, grates the the vents at, uh-huh. at the end, and she falls through the one vent. Oh, and the dinosaur that comes was up a to great grab her. shot. That's a stuntman doing that. Stuntman looked at the camera, so they had to like digitally put Lex's face in there. Oh like, my that's, gosh, that's like a digital effect of her looking at the camera and it being her face. That shot, and you wouldn't even, no, you wouldn't even know. It's so it looks so good. Uh, I saw in you know the three D shot of that. Wow. So the three D is so tastefully done. I saw like. I saw his Titanic the mm-hmm. other year in 3D. I'll see any Spielberg 3D. Give it to me. And uh, 
it adds and I'd so love to see AI in 3D. I oh. feel like that's a movie I need to revisit. Of his. Oh, that's a good episode. Yeah. That is a great. We'll throw it. Every, I hope, we I need hope to that do the Spielberg the hat. We need to. He's earned it. You know how I'll I'll talk about Duel for just as long as I talk about Ooh, Jurassic Park. I think Duel just came on Criterion Channel. Perfect. Yeah. And that shot, it adds so much depth. It's so beautiful. The T the the raptor falling down there. Jeez, but this is a guy that knows how to film the raptors in the kitchen scene. Yeah. Not only are we introducing a new dinosaur that's going to have its own basketball team with like a raptor wearing shorts. <laughs> just like I, the raptor, there's like claw marks in the basketball. Yeah, cl- just clawing the ball, but like also doing like a chest pass. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so it's like basics are good. Like a raptor that can set a screen. Uh, I love how the NBA logos were just like the full cartoon figure back in the day. And then every time it like gets updated, it's a little bit more of just the, anyways. Yeah. I wonder if there's a Raptor sunglasses logo. Oh, it's got to gotta be. be, right? Gotta be. But yeah, it's such a great last minute. Like all the set pieces are great. All the action scenes are great. You're talking about f- afraid reactions. Lex gets that last great one in where she's gets that celebratory classic Spielberg. You get in a celebratory moment before the real shit like finally kicks back in, right? And when she's eating this melted ice cream because the power generators were out because of Wayne Knight mm-hmm. pulling in a cool 100K <laughs> to go through the most harrowing like sorcerer experience. In inflation, I mean, Roy Scheider only got 40 grand, but I think inflation basically takes him up to what Nedry was it's getting about out, the of, same. out yeah. of here. I'll, you, can, I, you can take a billionaire for more than you can take like an argentinian oil reserve yeah but i love i love the implication in nedry's scene just to get off track that they'll they'll never find that barbasol can oh i love they'll that. never know they'll find his body they'll find that jeep afterwards right like when they go back but they'll never know why he did it yeah they i love that how they they showed that barbasol can getting covered like, in mud why in eight is he, seconds why is he on the side of this hill uh, going towards the docks what is what what nobody knows yeah it's such a great like mystery death right we saw it all play out and nobody else ever saw a second of it right only us and nobody will have any idea how it all happened it doesn't leave rupert it's it sucks there's tons of sequels that are like in each one worse than the last but them just shutting the door and it's just like yeah that barbasol can's not being found it would be the he wouldn't do it. Spielberg wouldn't do it. It's like, it turns out a rain washed the mud away. No. He showed that thing. It's like, and it got buried in thick mud forever. That you know will harden and, yeah. No yeah. one will find it. But, uh, yeah, the the whole thing. Yeah, that kitchen scene with the raptors. That's it, just as iconic as the T-Rex scene. Like, yeah. that's the other one you see all the time. It's a or, Terminator or scene. think of all the time. Right? Yeah. It's as iconic as any action movie scene ever. That one felt like a lot of Kundi in that one, too, right? Like, the... There's a bit of a Michael Myers stalking them vibe with these raptors. Dean Cooney has this gift for adding such a, a feel for the space, mm. a feel for the room. It's so important to me when you're watching a movie to get to just know the layout of a place. I mean, talk. We saw the thing with him. The thing is a perfect example of that, where totally. you get a sense of where everything is in relation to each other and how big the rooms are, right? And that kitchen scene was such a masterful work of space and taking advantage of your corners and your edges. And 
I wouldn't be shocked if it took two months to hmm. finish that. I don't know. I'd believe anything because it was so tight and so good and so well played. That little trick with the, uh, the reflection. What a gag. That's a great gag. So good. The uh, Yeah, the, the detail of the ice in the freezer being melted because the power has been out and so they're slipping on the wet ice. Great, yeah. That that turnaround when it's slipping on the, trying to get out of the, fr- the walk-in freezer, man. Every action scene, every build was good. I can't believe the amount of physical stress these kids went through. The kids, yeah, watching it, it's just like, when they electrocute Timmy, it's just like, they are really just <laughs> hitting this kid <laughs> hard. But every, when I say every bit of suspense scene, when I saw it in just recently, there was a couple, a few other people in there, right? The first time the bulb flashed, that the electric fences were coming on, I heard some guy go, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> you saw how high that kid was. They showed it. That kid was twenty feet up. It's like, <laughs> I know what time it is. That ain't good. Uh, the way Spielberg ends this with the velociraptors just pouncing on the T-Rex's neck and everybody being like, all right, out the front. <laughs> Get the fuck out the front. The way those dinosaurs are just screaming and like ripping apart in a man's building and all the humans are just, you are just watching their Jeep burn off mm-hmm. into the night, right? They are out of there and quiet and just like, we are we are not speaking about this until, like, oh. It's one of those two where it's just like, they don't ask, is anyone else in there or anything? Like, it is just like, hit the gas. <laughs> Go. And then the credits. We got the hit. kids. We got the scientists, the mathematician slash theorist. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And then get Bodies out of the hell. And you got you to gotta know that the when the power came back, Hammond, the first thing he did was call that helicopter. Let's get your ass to Isla Nubar. Yeah. And, uh. The, yeah, the helicopter guy's like, how'd you folks enjoy the tour? <laughs> yeah. Like, he doesn't know anything. Yeah, he's just coming back for his helicopter scheduled pilot's pickup. just like, man, these guys look rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a picture. How, how few movies could change, like, the culture as much as this one, right? Like, how, how many could do it? Mm-hmm. It's impossible. You can't make a better dinosaur movie than this. I don't know what it would take to make a better dinosaur movie. I found myself during the last Jurassic Park world just being like, can we just get like a two-hour movie of just dinosaurs? Like, can we just get the humans out of there? Forget the humans, right? Yeah, exactly. I think we've gotten enough like, ooh, the folly of man, we're creating two. Like, Mm -hmm. nah, just give me dinosaurs, just kind of give me a highlight reel of cool dinosaur stuff. Did you see that? Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, did you see 65 with I Adam do, Driver? I dig 65. Was it good? I liked it. Because that to me, like, now we have to do, like, because uh, we can't do, like, the Predator model of, like, we'll have a dinosaur in different time periods. Like, it's not going to work. <laughs> Colonial dinosaur. So we'll just have, uh, yeah, we'll just have, like, space guy shoot down to Earth and have, like, a dinosaur space guy fight. So 65 had way, 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 way less dinosaurs than I was expecting. Mm. But it was also more, like, emotionally convincing than I was expecting. So I ended up really liking what it was. Right, right. It's but it like was a survival like a, story, but dinosaurs are just part I of it. I thought the survival and the actual, like, uh, professional, like, uh, 
now I'm taking care of this kid story was shockingly mm-hmm. well done. Well, that's Alan Grant in this movie. It's such a what the thing that keeps you so invested is yeah these characters and how believable they are and how much like Lex really is going through this trauma and right. like she's shell shocked. She is the classic definition of shell shocked. And Grant's got to comfort her and lead these kids through the wild and just like you yeah you really. I thought Timmy was good, but but Lex okay. was a powerhouse mm. performance. When she sees that shadow moving and her spoon is shaken for that, yeah, that's a reaction shot. Yeah, this movie is an all timer. It is. If you haven't seen it, like uh, you asked, would twenty six year olds care? It's like I can't imagine a person not. People can poo poo anything, right? People can write off whatever they want, but this is such a. Who couldn't be in love with this flick? Mm-hmm. What could you possibly say against this movie? What reasons could someone have to not like Jurassic Park? Right. What what convincing argument could you make against it? Right. And and if you're one of those people, it's like, well, the the cliff would, wasn't there, and then it was. The, those kind of semantics. Is that a thing? Wait, uh, what cliff? Well, you know, where the with the car the the uh, dropping off the car dropping off the okay. Cliff there the does T-Rex seem padded. to be like a I didn't I never noticed just like a. But when they drop down that sheer cliff, that smooth rock wall cliff face, it really does seem like somebody comes around like, oh, yeah, I went around the wall. Exactly. There's one yeah, character that just kind of walks comes... into frame just like, oh, did you guys, like, fall down here? Yeah, Laura Dern, like, sees the car later and it's just, like, cuts to her on the ground somehow. <laughs> yeah, they got the down to the, th- the site real easy. So. It's like the unbearable weight of massive talent <laughs> walking around exactly. the wall. Yeah. I don't want to let you go. It is You're just yeah. like, oh, I went around over there. <laughs> All right, man. When you know that story I, I've told on the pod before about about Dave Lockman, I mean D. Lockman, inviting a bunch, like putting out flyers for his party that would have beer and weed, and yeah, putting yeah. His, a map to his his mom's duplex. So the second half of that story is later that night when it got relocated. <laughs> After Lockman's house got broken up by the cops and his grandparents mm-hmm. when he cried about never getting laid. And we went to a softball park to drink the rest of the beer. And there were still like 60 people at this oh little league park, right? And then the cops show up there and everybody's running in different directions. And I look back and my friend James and Mike had hit a fence and they're like climbing the fence. And me and the me and, Steve, and James's girlfriend Gina were like past the fence. We're like, come on, come on, climb the fence. In the light of day, it was like a backstop. But they're just like climbing over this <laughs> fence, and we ran like four feet to the left past the fence. They're eight. They're twelve feet up on like a Can't softball really backstop, running from the Can't cops. And then uh, Sam Neal's just falling down a forty foot concrete embankment. <laughs> and Lauren's like, oh yeah, I took, I walked around. <laughs> I walked like eight feet that way. Hop over. Yeah, no, Samuel got out of a Jeep at a random spot, as Jeff Goldblum's explaining in Chaos Theory, and he walked over to the biggest pile of shit in the park right next to it. You can't see that, but Steven Spielberg's like, look, we need to get Samuel from here right yeah. over to here. We're going to just do right this here, and then you end up with a perfect movie. Exactly. You knew still everything perfect. that was important. Still perfect. It's amazing how well this still works. I've come to resent so much Star Wars stuff. Mm. It's like those early Weezer albums. They're just like, I, just really, I don't really want to go back and listen to Pinkerton. I know it's good, but it's like, yeah, Empire's great, but I'm just kind of sick of the whole bag. Yeah, yeah. No, Jurassic Park is a pleaser. 
This is the ultimate summer movie. Untoppable. We're never getting another dinosaur movie. This is the one. This is it. I will never get I sick d- of it. And you know what? I don't need another dinosaur movie. If this is it... I'm be watching this I'm till happy. the day I die. Yeah. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. It came to this. It did come to this. Uh, we've been outside the whole time. That's why it's been, been sounding weird. We've been weird. out in nature. I can't believe I we forgot were gonna to talk bring about this up. That. Yeah. We are going to bring it up at the top, and now we're bringing it up at the end. So if this you is hear the things... only episode we've recorded out in nature. I think so. It's the middle of the night, and we're yelling in it's the middle late. of like a neighborhood it's getting late my neighbors are going to be looking at me weird tomorrow but that's it okay. came to this this is our first outdoor show we wanted to be there and the sound of jurassic park is so real mm-hmm. it puts you so into the movie this is our first ambient episode we're never doing it again I, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> curious to hear what it sounds like it's gonna be our worst sounding episode. i think it's gonna be okay i think we're gonna be okay what a picture uh Thank you guys for listening. There's no way people out there have never seen Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, exactly. It comes in the mail. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's required it's everywhere, right? At this point. Yeah. I think it's they show it in classrooms. If this, is the, if this movie was chosen as the movie to represent America, I would be mm. proud. No movie could be as culturally agreed upon as Jurassic Park. Is there? There can't be. I could see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that being like a. If you had to pick something to define the 90s i think jurassic park does it but there's no but it's naysayers. still 30 years later it is just as good just as cool just as scary just as breathtaking Scarier. the acting is better the effects are better mm. it is all better what an achievement it came to this it did thank you for listening and good night